0: I was like during my like dinner break, was like like nodding off for ten minutes. It's <laughs> like this is not a good idea. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal
1: is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry, so that you can learn from us and to help grow your wedding business. On today's episode, we are still in our homes due to quarantine. However, on today's podcast, we are speaking to luxury wedding destination photographer Colin Ross. Colin has been on our list to talk to as a guest for a while now. Ever since Melody Joy joined us on the podcast all those many episodes ago, we're obviously going to speak about how he shoots his luxury destination weddings, his approach to shooting with the couple, what's important to him, his kit, also how he packages up his product to give to his clients after shooting a wedding. You may already be familiar with Colin Ross because he is a rangefinder 30 rising star of 2019, so obviously we're going to be speaking to him about his process with winning that award. If you like our conversation with Colin on today's episode, his Tavola Retreat Workshop is probably going to be of interest to you, so keep your ears peeled for that at the end of the episode which is, of course, sponsored by With Jack. But I will get onto that a little bit later in the show. However, Greg, what are you drinking?
2: I've got a cold brew coffee. So I got targeted on Instagram with some targeted ads because, uh-huh. of, because of the nice weather recently. I was hankering for some cold brew and I was looking at sort of recipes for making cold brew with my mocha master or just doing it with a AeroPress and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden i get targeted with this it's like a box of cold brewed coffee uh like a you know you got a box of wine and it's in the bag uh-huh. inside of it it's like that uh so yeah i just poured all that right. up a wee bit of ice although it's not too sunny here just now but i'm getting a wee cold brew mm. coffee
1: all right very nice very nice what's, company, what was the what's... the company's called yeah.
2: solo solo so, comes from the spanish for cafe solo which translates as just coffee it's pretty nice. good actually it was, yeah. it was a bit of a risk taking a targeted advert purchase but <laughs> I, I quite like targeted ads it means they're advertising hey. something that I might actually want
1: and that's the thing you know adverts get a bad rap but I'm sure many people in the winning industry here already use targeted ads so um, yeah don't be don't too down on them Greg what about what you Colin you? what are you drinking uh, I'm drinking a black, a
0: black coffee uh, uh-huh. I'm also a sucker for Instagram ads yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I get that. Um, although this coffee didn't come from an ad; uh, it's from a, a roastery in London called uh, Dark Arts. Ooh, so, oh, yeah, dark yeah art. stuff.
1: Yes, they are very good.
0: So, we made a V60 this morning, and yeah, got a black coffee on the go.
1: Oh, very nice. I am also with a V60. Um, I'm actually. I'm in honor. So, I, I was supposed to be shooting in Ireland today. In like Belfast. Um, so, uh, coincidentally, my Beans IE order subscription came today. And it's um, a Belfast roastery. Uh, it, what are the bean type? I'm going to butcher this. It's a Telma Macado from Brazil. Natural chocolate profiteroles, toffee and nuts kind of flavor notes. Interesting. And uh, the roasters are root and branch. And they are coffee roasters, and they have a brew bar as well in Belfast. Port View.
2: you. could have been there. There you go.
1: And uh, if Greg was here, he would be enjoying the um, the packaging, because I know Greg's a sucker for packaging. Comes yeah, in a can.
2: Branding and unique packaging. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. So that's kind of cool. It's got to give me a shake. Although uh, cans don't really translate through the post too well. <laughs> Took a bit of a beating, oh. <laughs> but, it, is, uh, but it, it tastes wonderful.
2: Yeah, today was mm. supposed to be my cousin's wedding over in just outside Belfast. Simon and Tom were supposed to be shooting it for Cinemate, but unfortunately mm-hmm. not. Did you have any weddings scheduled for this weekend, Colin?
0: Yeah, I was meant to be in Surrey, I think.
1: Uh Yeah, so obviously that's postponed. Yeah, uh,
0: but was, yeah, it would have been today. Mm-hmm. Nice Friday. Have
1: they have the. Have they moved that till later next year, or? Yeah, they've gone for uh, a Thursday in
0: May 2021. Mm. A weekday, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. that helps out a little we bit. Keep the weekends free a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We were uh, we were having a, a Zoom chat with our um, co-working pals uh, last night, and we were talking about our calendars and what they're looking like for next year. Um, some people have quadruples and uh, all sorts of. Uh, stuff going on. So I'm a little bit fearful of what next year is gonna bring.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a crazy one. Probably mm. end up shooting fifty weddings, which isn't ideal. But
1: fifty weddings, what what's your what's your usual number?
0: The most I've ever done was forty six. And mm. then this year was meant to be thirty-four. So I feel like every year I kinda cut down. Um but yep. with everything that's going on, I'm kind of I'm okay with taking on a little bit more. But ideally twenty five to thirty is kind of uh, my goal for every year and then I always end up going over though. You always, I always keep a couple of weekends <laughs> free that I'm like, I'll oh, have a holiday, mm-hmm. and then a good inquiry will come in. I'm like, oh, I could take one more. I think we, I think we all do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I think, think
2: so. I think most people are exactly the same. <laughs> mm. Although this year
0: was a, originally, I would have had uh, two weeks off in July, which I'd kind of scheduled out. Just because over the years you kind of pick up so many weddings, and just having a little break. Kind of is, is good for my like mental health and kind of I guess going into each wedding a bit more like uh, energized. So I'm trying to be a bit a bit more clever with how I schedule my my weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how's your week been so far? I'd like to say I've done lots of work, but I haven't. <laughs> I've played a lot of FIFA uh, and, a lot, <laughs> and a lot of poker. All right. I think the first few weeks like I've this week's been a bit of a weird one, but. The last few weeks I've been quite busy with uh, doing online mentoring during the week. Uh, cool. All right, okay. And then building a website for commercial work, and then just getting like the odd blogs ready, stuff like that. Um, but this week's been a bit of a quieter one. Hmm. But I've been quite Way glad for the last few weeks, considering everything that's going on.
1: Yes, I think I I think I'm too in a unproductive phase. I mean, even though we've recorded three podcasts this week, so it's actually I suppose it hasn't been non productive. But uh I'm definitely um, in that mindset where I just being with my kids, you know, not really focusing on work too much. Yeah, yeah. But um And I think that's all right to do from time to time. You don't need to be full hog all the time. Yeah, I think
0: at the moment you know, weeks are seem more productive than others. That's bit, yeah. I've mm. read I've read a book, which I'm I'm happy that I've got into reading again. Oh, yeah. oh really? What's the book? Uh, the Silent Patient. Um, the Silent about an artist who murders her husband. <laughs> uh, it's, quite, it's quite good. Ah. Okay. I so, a about Brussels, but
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> good storyline. That's length.
1: cool. I have to say uh, I'm not much I think I think I spoke to Greg about this, but I'm not much of a reader. No, I mean I love audiobooks, but sitting down and carving out some time to actually, you know, engage and focus on one thing I, I, I struggle with. So I'm very jealous of people who can actually read books.
0: Yeah, it's it's, or, new, or, it's a new thing for me. I, I don't read that often, so this is one of the things that I've tried to kind of do during lockdown. Yeah, yeah. make the most That's of the cool. thing you've got. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, because um, actually, we've, we've never actually properly in person met, and we've not worked together yet, nope. uh, but... Our friend who we had on the podcast recommended we talk to you, um, Melody Joy. Yeah,
0: she's a good friend.
1: Yeah, We've um, So yeah, you've actually been on our uh, our list of people to talk to you for a while now. So it's uh, we're really glad to, to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you. Oh, for it's great to be here. Coming in. Uh, yeah, I was looking through your website, and I, <laughs> I I I always like to start off with the uh, you know l- l- like looking at what people are interested in you know, outside of their work. And I, I love the fact that you said that your favourite meal was breakfast. Oh, I love a good breakfast.
0: <laughs> 100%.
1: <laughs> what is that about breakfast that you like so much? Oh, I've
0: just perfected poached eggs. Bit of bacon. Okay. And then since I've been in lockdown, started making sourdough. Oh, man. A mm, bit of avocado. But it's amazing. Like, having that on my website, I often get people, like couples who inquire, and they're like, oh, my favourite breakfast is this. And so it's quite, a good, like, it's quite a good conversation starter.
2: Yeah.
0: I even once got a date out of it. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a bit weird. But I was like, do I go? Do I not go? And I was like, oh, give it a go. Why not? It didn't work out, but that's okay. It had to okay. be a breakfast date, obviously. She paid for the breakfast too. I was like, right? I think we made it to breakfast number two and then it didn't go any further after that.
1: Was that because she she liked like salmon for breakfast? or yeah um, uh, it's just a bit odd, wasn't it? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What's, what's your favourite breakfast, Greg? I don't think I know this about you. I
2: don't know if I've got a favourite breakfast. Like, I love going to a cafe and having, yeah, the sort of, the, the hipster avocado and whatever, but at home, I'm lazy and just usually have a cereal or sometimes skip it. You skip breakfast. Sometimes I'm The most important meal the of the office.
1: day. office, yeah. Oh, Craig.
2: What's your favourite?
1: You know, look, I'm going to say this right now. It's a full-on fried Scottish breakfast. bit of black pudding? Okay. Haggis. bit of haggis? We, uh, we, haggis and black pudding, bacon, square sausage. Thai scone. The, the Thai scone, <laughs> that's right. The Thai scone. You even said it right? Look at that. There you go. Uh, you got to have your eggs and your beans and... Even though I don't eat them, the tomato and the mushrooms have got to be there as well. But you don't eat uh, the only
2: healthy thing on the plate. I don't, you don't eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why it's my favorite. My favorite breakfast because it's uh, it's not forcing you to be healthy. You know, you know, it's not judging you when you take a bite of that haggis. It's not going. I oh, need to eat that salad as well. <laughs> don't forget those cucumbers. Nah, the tomato and the mushrooms aren't there to eat. They're just there to make it look a little bit more colourful to to balance the plate. But they're not really there to eat. No, anyone. Obviously, people disagree. <laughs> 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 oh, that's fine. Hey, Greg, so I know you don't eat those uh, those uh, tomatoes. You're right. A,
2: a, a tomato on a breakfast like that, I don't eat. The mushrooms, I do, but tomato, no. Yeah. You mentioned something that I didn't know about you, Colin. That you've got a cafe. Does does it serve up a good sourdough and poached egg? Uh, doesn't unfortunately so i've uh, got a little coffee shop in bristol
0: it's in two old airstreams you know you know the okay. american one very cool uh, so it's in a business like working like kind of creative area mm-hmm. uh so it's quite it's, there's two of them so one is the kind of where you get your coffee from and the other one is the lounge so we're quite limited on what we can do food wise so we do sourdough toasties Right. Uh, to make like a full-on breakfast, we would uh, smoke the smoke the airstream out. <laughs> 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 yeah, we took over those like two years ago. Um, it's quite yeah. a fun. It was like a winter project. Winter's always a little bit quieter, and mm-hmm. I've always talked about wanting to start a little coffee shop. So gave it a bash.
1: And how did you find that?
0: How did I find...
1: Starting up a cafe, a food place. Like, did you oh. have any experience with this? I'm only asking because in the back of my head, I have an idea of opening a waffle house. Oh, nice. <laughs> but I have no experience with opening any sort of restaurant or food thing. I have no experience of cooking or anything like that. So how did you get that? into opening your place?
0: Yeah, like worked, I've worked in coffee shops over the years. Uh, it's been around hospitality. And then it was just one of the things that I've talked about for so long. And so I worked in a co working space in that area. And right. the Airstreams used to be a burger bar. And so when they came available, there was like, there's rubbish coffee in the area. So we thought, me and two other friends decided to give it a go. Um, Learned a lot. And it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting journey with with that. Uh-huh. Um, but really fun as well. And good good to do it with mates. Um, yeah but yeah I've kind of been around coffee for a while so it kind of made sense mm. uh, but strip, cool. like converting those Airstreams from a burger bar was uh, quite a disgusting job a <laughs> <Yeah>, matter of <laughs> fact you, you know you like take over a place and then suddenly you realise like oh this is why the guy's selling it uh, <laughs> yeah so it was quite a big job
1: <laughs> but yeah I can't, I can't even imagine what you would have found in there yeah it was pretty it was pretty grim
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah so we've been going for two years and well currently everything's going to shut down due to corona
1: but oh, yeah. hopefully
0: it will be back up and running when it's all over
1: mm, very cool where can people uh, Where can people find that if they wanted to, to go visit for a coffee
0: uh, it's called Convoy Espresso mm-hmm. it's in Bristol in Paintworks it's a kind of creative area so if you're ever in Bristol yeah. go check it out
1: do you, do you still uh, I mean obviously not right now but what do you, do you still work in serving the coffee or at this point do you have staff and it's just kind of running itself?
0: Yeah, so it's, all, it's uh, we have staff that run it. So I actually live mm-hmm. in London now, so yes. I can't work in the coffee shop. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was in Bristol before and so I like kind of helped out uh, the odd shift making coffee, which I always quite enjoyed. It's quite fun to like make a flat white or uh, kind of practice my latte art skills. Um mm. But as of now, I'm kind of just, uh, I guess I'm more of a silent partner now. I still have a little bit to say, but obviously if I'm in Bristol, I'll go check it out. Aye. Um, make cool. sure the coffee's up to standard.
1: Oh, you've got to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, not, uh, not involved every day. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, on Wednesday, we just recorded a podcast with our friends um, who own uh, a coffee shop and do um, a coffee bar at weddings. So it was quite ah, fun cool. to talk to them. Um, how, how's your how's your latte art though? Yeah, it's quite good. I can do a few tulips. Yeah, and uh, my milk's oh. quite good. Okay,
2: okay. Feel quite confident in it. I
1: yeah. can uh, I I can't do anything. I can do a, a blob.
2: That's <laughs> nice. it. Nice. <laughs> we, we did actually get okay at like a really really simple like heart. Our friend <laughs> gave us like a, she tutored us up on it, and we we did okay. But then, like yeah. a year later, i forgot everything, and we got one of the what is it, Sage Barista Express machines for the office for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, I'm gonna get my latte art on. And I just, I gave up. I, I just accepted that. I just do a blob. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the heart's a good one to start on, and then yeah, mm-hmm. it was nice and simple.
0: Once you've mastered that, and you can kind of progress to tulip. Uh
1: Yes, I've seen the, I've seen the latte art go. Not just from like creating something with pouring of the milk, but actually with people with brushes and colors and stuff. Now, I've noticed that becoming a thing. Oh, I don't know about that.
0: I know that. It just seems like there's. So, uh, I, I don't think we'll get into colors, but one of the girls at the coffee shop, she's amazing. She can do all the swans and her. She's like won competitions in Bristol, which we're quite proud of that one. So that's yeah.
1: Very cool. All right, well, let's move away from coffee, because, again, we could literally speak about <laughs> coffee all day, and <laughs> how we did on uh, the last episode of Perspective, so let's move away. Colin, in your own words, who are you, and what do you do?
0: Who am I? Well, I'm Colin. Uh, I'm a wedding photographer, and I photograph weddings... Uh, all around the world I guess. I'm uh, f- um, from Scotland originally and now I live in London so I shoot a lot in Europe and then yeah I had a few trips as far as Australia uh, and then India last year which was quite fun. Um, yeah. So h- how did you get started in weddings then? Um, I helped a friend with a wedding once I feel like that's the classic story of every wedding photographer. Uh I have a friend. I was second shooting with her. And then, yeah, kind of enjoyed it. I took some terrible photos. But um, at the end of the day, she gave me a tip. And I was like, wow, just made money off photography. Uh, <laughs> but I, I started when I was traveling. I was just like, it was back in 2010. I was traveling. I thought, like, oh, I better buy a camera To I'd never had much of an interest for photography before, but it was more out of the, oh, I'm going to go to all these countries, better get a good camera. Um, and so yeah, I started off as a hobby and then probably five years later, helped my friend with their wedding. And, uh, yeah. And then I had a friend who looked at my photos and said, they were good. And he told me he'd build me a website. And then, yeah, I started, I'd be that guy who would, photograph. you know, I'd turn up to the pub with my camera. I just got well into it. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to learn, I'm going to practice. Um, Yeah, and then started just shooting friends weddings and uh, built a portfolio from, you know, when I first started, I'd shoot weddings for free to £300. Like, you kind of just, in my head, I was like, I've just got to get a portfolio and uh, the plan to build it into a business.
2: Yeah. You mentioned that you're down in London just now, but you're not originally from there. What, What was the sort of driving force behind moving to London?
0: Uh, well, I moved here last year, so I was in Bristol for a bit, and but originally from Edinburgh. I guess a lot of my clients are London-based, and then I fly out of London a lot, so I was constantly having to catch a train to London, and then get another train to get to the airport, just to fly out. Before even flying, I'd be you know two hours on a train, and it was just a bit too much, so yeah, just decided to, I've always wanted to give London a go, so... I uh, figure it was the right time to to
2: try it. I was just going to say do you think being in a big hub city like London helps with getting destination weddings because it's so easy to jump on a flight from there?
0: Yeah, it's pretty simple. Like you can fly anywhere. So I travel a lot to Italy. Um so it's quite good to be here. Obviously you can fly from lots of different airports, but it makes the travel a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And yeah, a lot of, as I said like a lot of my couples are based in london which is just quite nice to be able to meet up with them for for a drink obviously you can do that over skype but um there's something nice about being intentional and meeting up with them.
2: yeah Mm. i find that when we are sort of looking at flights out of glasgow or edinburgh it always has to be a connecting flight and i'm like oh man i just want one simple direct flight but (laughs) you don't get that as easy (laughs) yeah because in london obviously you've got so many airports
0: so you can kind of you can always find one that'll work. Because I was meant to have that this year was I had a wedding in Scotland and then the next day I was trying to look for a flight on a Friday and just nothing would work. So it it makes it a little bit more complicated. So suddenly you're searching Newcastle and thinking, oh, I've got to drive five hours. And yeah, uh, makes it a little bit more complicated.
1: Yeah. The the two, obviously, that we use are uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh. We don't, I don't think we've ever considered going to Newcastle yet. Oh, really? um, but it's always, Greg like always books the super <laughs> early flights, like a painful o'clock to get up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've all done those before.
1: Oh yeah, After of course, it, of course.
0: I it last year where I, I shot a wedding on the Saturday uh, near London and then that night I had to be at the airport. My flight was at four to Morocco. and like, oh, didn't like, <laughs> basically, we got home. Pat my bag and off so, again.
1: Oof. How how was that experience? Oh, a bit
0: painful. Thankfully, the the wedding was a few days later, so I had enough time to recover for the Morocco. Oh right, yeah, oh that's good. So I kind of timed it with some friends, so we made a little bit of a holiday
1: first. Oh, that's always a plus. Yeah, we we know a few photographers who are willing to do that and not have the rest and be <laughs> you know shooting a wedding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With like no sleep, I've done it um, once where I flew to France, like shot a wedding in London, then the next day I flew to France, and then that day I shot the wedding. Oh, I was like during my by, like dinner break, was like like nodding off for ten minutes. It's <laughs> like this is
1: not a good <laughs> idea. Yeah,
0: you yeah, obviously you will learn from your experience, right? And then comes around, you're like, oh yeah, I'll do that again.
1: But that's how we get suckered into uh, to using up our holiday dates as well. You know when you. <laughs> Save a date for yourself, but then a cool wedding comes along. You are like, nah, yeah, 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 totally. I'll do it. But um, yeah. Well, it's clear. It's, I mean, it's clear, obviously, that you do travel a lot for these weddings. But what what is it about destination weddings that really draws you to them?
0: Yeah, I enjoy them. I am I am starting to try and cut back a little bit just because obviously it's three days rather than one day because you have to fly out Friday, leave Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I enjoy the vibe of a destination wedding. Uh, Everyone feels like they're on holiday, everyone's quite relaxed, Um, and people have made a bit more of an effort to get there. So it always feels, yeah, just like everyone's on holiday, everyone's chatting away. Um, And then obviously you have the beautiful surroundings of Italy and France, Um, especially in Italy, the light there, I love it in the evenings. And I guess like the the outdoor receptions, ceremonies, like obviously you get that in the UK, but I guess Mm -hmm. the the long styled tables, uh, overlooking the... Tuscan vineyard. It's quite a yeah.
2: it's quite a nice setting for photos. Yeah, yeah. I think there is just something different about the light in Tuscany. It's just amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Tuscan sun. Mm-mm-mm. Where's your uh, Where's your favorite place to shoot in Italy?
2: I shoot mostly in Tuscany,
0: but I shot mm-hmm. uh, in Puglia in the south. All right, near a place called mm-hmm. Ostuni. So I was going, I was meant to be shooting there a few times this year, uh, mm-hmm. but. Obviously, that's not happening. Uh, but I love the south of Italy is amazing. Just less tourists, uh, beautiful surroundings. Yeah, mm. it's pretty great down there. I had a really good wedding there, so it kind of makes the experience a little bit uh, more enjoyable. So I had a wedding there, which was just really fun. Like uh, Australian couple, like good wedding, good party, and then like yeah. all the guests were really fun. It was like a three day wedding, um, and by the end of it. You're like friends with everyone. It's good fun.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I love about uh, Destination Weddings as well. You don't feel like, you don't feel as much about a wedding supplier, even though yeah. I try not to have that vibe on me at all, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the way that everyone just, they get to a new location, they're in that kind of holiday mood, like you said, and uh, they're looking at you. And even though you got a camera, you're more like, well, you know, they're around a group of people who they might not know everyone. And you're just another one of those people who they just don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's quite cool. There's, some, there's something about that holiday vibe that just makes people a little bit more open. Yeah, it's true. So I was, obviously, like I said, I was looking through your website and I was uh, checking out your blog. And I always like to see, like, how people, like, what people shoot or how they shoot locations that, you know, I, I, we, we've we already shot at. And uh, so I clicked on your Sky trip I can't remember who 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 it was with um but then I spotted someone that we knew um Lynn Kennedy oh yeah <laughs> um yeah. so I gave her a wee uh Facebook message I was like oh hey I see you were uh, doing this thing and uh, I completely forgot because Lynn obviously has her uh B&B her Airbnb yeah yeah um is that where you guys stayed
0: yeah, yeah, so uh, oh, that was like five years ago, four years. Yeah, ago. I, mean, it it, I think ago. it was a while ago. It wasn't It wasn't like a wedding or an engagement show or anything, but it was just a no. bunch of friends that I'd met at, at Nine Dots. It's like a conference in London. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so we all met at that, and then Lennon, she invited us up to stay with her for a few days, which was really fun. Yeah. Uh, Lennon's lovely, and um, her, her Airbnb is amazing like looks out onto the water i've been thinking yes. about that I, was like, oh, I would love to be in sky right now
1: i know i've also been thinking the same thing like oh uh, just to have that amount of space and i don't know but her her um her b&b is absolutely amazing for those listening who maybe want to check it out it will be in the show notes it's called the barley house uh, nice. b&b by the sea um, and it's actually, it's not on Sky. Am I right in saying that? It's...
0: Yeah, it's in uh, Plockton, just off Sky.
1: Plockton, yes, that's right. Um, but it's absolutely stunning. Uh, Plockton's maybe about half an hour. It, in fact, it might not even be half an hour from Sky.
0: And Lynn's a great company as well. She's good fun. And,
1: and my, Lynn is fantastic.
0: My parents stayed there, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they met Lynn as well.
1: Oh, very cool. They loved it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I would totally recommend people... Check it out, and even just go s- stay up there and support another fellow photographer.
0: That was my um, that was my first time to Sky and i Oh, since then I've been back like five times. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: there's something special about it. There really is. Um, but yeah, what 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 about Sky do you like so much? Uh,
0: the landscape, it's, uh-huh. you know, the mountains, the the waterfalls, the people. Uh, I guess it just changes every minute. Like one second, it's like. Raining, I guess that's Scotland for you. But uh, yeah, this seems a little bit more dramatic. And like everywhere you drive, you're like just in awe. Like it's an incredible place. Yeah, and there's a little coffee shop there. I can't remember the name of it.
1: There's a couple. Is it? Is it's when you're talking about near the distillery, the Talisker distillery? Because I know there's one there.
0: Uh don't think so. It's 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 part of a house which was on Grand Designs. I can't oh, remember the name of right, it. Right? Yeah. But it's great We're in the middle of Sky and you're like, Oh, I just want a good coffee and then there's one there. I don't think we've actually been to
2: that one. Are we great. No, I know about that house from Grand Designs, but I don't I didn't know there was a coffee shop associated with it. Yeah, just no. on the side of it they've opened a coffee shop. If I remember the name I'll I'll message it to you. Yeah. Next time next time I'm up there I'm definitely gonna check that out.
1: Yeah, definitely. That that would be pretty cool. I think the thing I like about Sky is like you said, the ever changing weather affects everything. You know, so so every time I go up, it feels different. Yeah, yeah. Even though I've been to certain places before or um, we never actually go up for too long. It's only like a couple of days. So although Sky is a small place and you probably could see everything in the space of a couple of days. yeah. yeah. Because we've been shooting, we've just not had that time. So every every trip we try to go to a different location. Uh, so there's always like a few bits I still haven't been to. It kind of feels like you're in a movie there.
0: As you say, like constantly changing and then it's just incredible.
2: Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of Andrew Ray's photos and like getting getting FOMO. I'm like, oh, I wanna be up there just now. Yeah, yeah. I know. I wanna Fuck go sake,
1: Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so is is your love to travel is that why you shoot destination weddings? Is it that love to travel? I guess it's a mixture.
0: Like I still I definitely love the travel side of it. Like the experiencing new places, new cultures. Um, I guess I'm trying to balance out how much to travel because last year I travelled, 80% of my weddings were destinations. And so it got a bit tiring after shooting. I remember one week where I shot France one day, then flew the next day to Tuscany, shot a wedding. It was just like three weddings in five days and then I had to drive to the bottom of Puglia, flew home, pack my bags, so Scotland. It's, just, it's like a bit too much. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to balance out because, you know, you want to turn up to a wedding in good form rather than being knackered. Uh, oh, yeah. But I definitely enjoy, like I went to India last year. I went to Singapore. Like just, I think I find it quite interesting a lot of like the, especially the Indian wedding, just the different uh, cultures that they involved in the wedding. Uh, the traditions, stuff like that, which I guess I would never have seen that if I hadn't been out there. Mm. Um, that was a massive wedding, though. That was like 700 people. Slightly overwhelming. <laughs> wow. 700 people. And then they're like, okay, we're going to do a group photo with... Wow, they're doing photos, group photos with every single guest. Oh, my God. Like, I'll just stand here for an hour and we we'll crack on. <laughs> so, that was not were fun. you
2: solo shooting that one? Or was there a few people...
0: Uh, that one was just myself, and then wow. I had a, a guy who's a videographer as well, a guy called Ben Tangate, Tangate Films.
1: Mm. Uh-huh, yeah, so I
0: worked with him quite a lot. Um,
1: oh, very cool. So we kind of made a little trip out of it,
0: we had a week holiday beforehand.
1: I know you obviously, like, like you said, you spent a lot of time travelling for weddings, but London, is there a good community of... Wedding photographers that kind of hang out. I know you mentioned a few of your friends and you like to hang out there. Um, Is there there a good community?
0: Yeah, there is, actually. I've got quite a few friends down here that I've, I guess, met through weddings. Um, Mm -hmm. Got a good little crew, although they're all slowly leaving London. Uh, You know the Courage? They're obviously Scott. Oh, yeah, Chris
1: and Julia, lovely.
0: So they were in London, uh, but then Mm. moved to Brighton, but then Brighton's only an hour away, so it's not too far. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's a good little... Of us, which is fun, it makes it easy, I guess, during the week when you're editing, meet up with a few of them uh, working in like a co working space, which is nice.
1: Yes, that is cool.
0: I think it's important to have community for sure. It's kind of a lonely job otherwise, and that's one of the like great things about the wedding industry. As you probably know, everyone's Mm. very helpful, and uh, you know, we pass around work together, which is great and then help you yes. out when needed
1: yeah I always uh, I always get amused when um, couples who who, who book um, maybe they don't think that we're all kind of connected yeah yeah <laughs> um, so that's always, I always get quite amused um, by that when when stories and tales of our woes or whatever get passed around um, yeah yeah i uh, yeah, okay. like
0: did you get this inquiry like, yeah <sighs> classic <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah no exactly if um a lot of our listeners or some of our listeners are um f- can be fairly new to the industry if there is anyone down in london that wanted to hang out h- how would they go about doing that uh
0: just send me a message go for a coffee
1: <laughs> okay cool i was like meeting
0: up with people um yeah and, you know when i was first starting off as well a guy called johnny mp who I just messaged him at the blue saying I really like your photos, can I uh, have a coffee with you and then ended up second shooting for him and he was super helpful, taught me how to use Flash. Uh, and so I guess I always look at it and wanting to, to do the same to what I was given. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always up for a up for a chat. That's very cool.
1: Yeah, I mean there I mean I know that sounds um, that sounded maybe like a like a simple question there, but some people, especially if they're new, can be quite um, shy about the, this sort of thing, um, especially if they have like the wrong idea about certain industries. Yeah, yeah. they tend to just stand off to the side and and, and go about doing their own thing or whatever. But uh, I think everyone in the wedding industry is more or less open to the idea of being social. And well, I suppose at this point we all <laughs> we all long to be more social.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please, let's let's talk a little bit about. Those good old days of when we were actually shooting weddings. So, what's your what's your sort of approach to a wedding day? Have my breakfast to
0: start with: poached eggs, bacon. Gonna get fed for the day. Yeah, and then in the morning, I guess when I get there, I, tr- I try to just chat for a little bit, <clears throat> uh, get to know mum and dad, bridesmaids. Obviously, don't want to chat too much, but I don't want them to kind of feel like I'm straight in there with the camera. Uh, yeah. So I'll have a little chat and then just tell them that I'll just crack on. And uh, I guess I'm quite hands off. So a lot of us are documentary. Obviously, there's a little bit of how you can, I guess you can dictate where things happen. So like first look for the bride and a dad. Like I'll let that all naturally happen. But I'll try to make sure that I place her in in a decent bit of light. So, you're still kind of controlling where the photo happens, but you're still letting it naturally happen. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm super chilled on the wedding. And I think that's one of the a lot of the reasons why a couple has booked me. They might have seen me at a wedding and they've, you know, I've had a little chat with them. Where I'll generally like during like drinks reception, I'll probably have a beer with them, which maybe that's controversial to some people, but I think we probably all do it at some point. So, I always meet up with a couple beforehand and kind of give them like a tips list of what things to do so like I'll ask for 10 minutes of like a couple shoot in the afternoon and then 10 minutes in the evening I don't need loads of time and I prefer more time in the evening because obviously the light's a lot better Um, Mm. but I think just cluing up couples because obviously they see all these lovely images but then haven't factored in 10 minutes during golden hour so it's good if you can try and be a little bit of an influence uh, in the planning of the wedding
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then even even with the carpal shoot, I'm quite... I mean, I've, over the years, I've re- been directing quite a bit and then slowly got down to just, let's go for a walk. And, you know, it might stop them a little bit, but try to not overly pose. Yeah, and then it's... So, uh, yeah, I guess the, throughout the day, I'm, I'm always making sure that they know that I know the running of the day. So even after the ceremony, they're like, oh, should we do group photos? And I'm like, ah, oh, we've got a little bit of time. You know, have a drink, and we'll do that in a bit. I don't want them to feel rushed or feel like we're constantly taking photos. And even in Uh even in the evening, I'll just say, guys, light's really nice. It's totally up to you. Um, But if you want to do it, we should go in the next five minutes or so. Obviously, Mm -hmm. finishing your uh, finishing your dinner. But I guess it's giving them the opportunity. So then, if they feel like they're like maxed out on photos and they decide not to, it's their wedding day. I'm not going to like push them to get some nice photos, but I will suggest it.
1: <laughs> yeah. How long do you normally take uh, during a session?
0: Uh, about a couple. 10 minutes? <laughs> not very okay, long. Okay, wow. Uh, yeah, that's why I do 10 minutes in the daytime just to get a few nice photos. Uh, try to find, I guess, try to find some interesting spots. Because obviously, if it's quite bright, I, was, uh, I, I wouldn't actually put them in like a field, where, whereas I might use some textures of the building or try to look for nice light in different areas and then yeah. in the evening i'm looking at where's the sun setting and then head towards that but right. i guess i do it in, in two different stages just so they don't feel like it's they've been it disappeared for half an hour
1: yeah um, i was obviously i'm not i'm not going to say names or anything but i was uh, going back through Um, or I was um, importing footage and audio into my timeline, and I noticed that a a little clip um, just after the speeches where um, the couple were chatting to themselves, but obviously the mic was still on, and it picked up the fact that um, they felt that they didn't get to enjoy their wedding because of so many photographs. Oh, really? And and that was during the day... um, and I think there was a nice sunset, and they didn't want to go out, obviously because they had been already pre-exhausted. Yeah, yeah. So, listeners, if you're if you're out there, I would totally take Colin's method um, into consideration of taking a little bit of time here and then just waiting for the potential. For a sunset and get them out again and not dragging your couple session out too much because if there is a sunset, even though it'll be amazing, it won't be like that, it's amazing for us, but they want to experience the fun of their wedding. So, you know, it's going to be harder to get them out later. A lot of that
2: comes (laughs) down to, as Colin says, educating the couple beforehand. So, yes, mentioning to them way before the wedding that. You'll probably want 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, and that'll get the best for your your light. And also, Mm -hmm. throughout the years, you gain the confidence of knowing that within the 10-minute couple shoot during the day, you'll get enough to make a really good portfolio for them, or gallery, sorry. So if they say, no, we don't need to go out later on, you've got the confidence from all the years' experience that, okay, that's fine, it would be good for your portfolio if you got the sunset photos, but they don't need them if you don't mm-hmm. want them. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And this, uh, I, I want to go back to this thing that you mentioned before, Colin, the the drinks. Now, <laughs> you, yeah, this is going to sound silly, but they you, you were right in saying that this kind of is a controversial topic of drinking at a wedding. Some people are dead against having drinks at a wedding.
0: Uh, I guess you've got to feel the vibe of the wedding. So I guess I'm used to destination weddings and thankfully I get a lot of couples that I get on really well with. Uh-huh. Um, so, I, you know, you've got to feel the wedding out. Sometimes I'm like, nah, it doesn't seem right. But especially like a wedding in Italy, I'll drink reception. I'll, I'll be like, yeah, I'll have an Aperol spritz, please. And then I guess for me, I want to try and blend into the wedding. So I find yeah. myself like destination weddings, I wear shorts. And you know, I know some people dress up really smart for weddings. I dress up smart but probably not over the top. I used to go uh-huh. with I don't know I don't know how you guys dress up, but I used to go with bow ties and suits and i I just felt I was like pretty uncomfortable shooting the wedding.
1: Yeah. Are you do you do well with the heat? Because in general, um I turn into a sticky mess.
0: Yeah, if I'm wearing <laughs> if I'm wearing a, a jacket and a bow tie, I'm not a i'm not looking pretty <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah i think I think destination weddings you get away with it a little bit i've done it for a few like, like i remember last year a couple of under weddings that were like 32 degrees and like, i just i'm gonna go in shorts and it was you know yeah. it's still like a smart approach like i'm still wearing nice shoes uh, yeah. but yeah i find with back to the like having a drink it's more just me trying to blend in a little bit so i might drop Mm. down to one so i usually have two cameras hanging off me Uh, i normally just just for drink reception i'll drop down to one camera kind of take a few shots have a little chat with people and that's the thing like Mm. i've picked weddings through that like i remember someone when they inquired they're like oh we chatted you chatted to you when you were in line getting a drink i was like oh cool (laughs)
1: um
0: and i think that's people want you to be able to to blend in as if you're a guest obviously you've yeah can't you know, start turning down loads of drinks, you got to find, you know, so I won't have loads, but I'll have one or two.
1: Yeah. I, I, actually, now that you say that, that's a pretty, it's pretty, it makes good business sense, actually, if you're able to open yourself up to other potential clients. Obviously, you won't know their potential clients. But I think people are attracted to our personalities as much as they are our skills, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, and, and, and we touched upon this as well before, uh, Greg, that saying that um, people will remember how you made them feel. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that can actually be quite important for continued business, I suppose. Yeah,
0: I think people just want to know that you're relatable. Uh, yeah. And then afterwards they see the end product and they're like, oh, it's great. And it's not that I'll sit around and chat for an hour. like, I'll just chat for a couple of minutes and then
1: yeah. crack on. Um, yeah it's just opening yourself up to to po- the possibilities of meeting new people yeah totally so let, let's get back to um to how you share right what do you look for when creating in your mind a good image like i know you, you've mentioned light a few times and obviously you know chasing light, i think is a Great way of, of coming up with some some amazing images. But is there anything else you, you look for? Reflections or shapes, or are you are you more emotional based when you when you go to capture a, a moment?
0: Yeah, I'm probably more uh, yeah. It's good way of looking at more emotional based rather than like I don't necessarily look for shapes that often. Uh-huh. Depending on the photo, depending on portraits, like. But I guess throughout the day, I'm looking for interesting compositions. So I'm okay. You know, like you'll never see me post a photo of the rings, you know, like the classic put some rings in the the light and take some photos from the morning. I'm probably looking more for how can I get an interesting shot. So like during speeches, they might be naturally holding hands and I'll try to get a shot while it's live, if that makes sense. It's the same with shoes. Like I'll take photos of the shoes in the morning, but then on the dance floor, I'm looking for like interesting ways to capture... The bride dancing in her shoes. So I'm looking yeah. at the light where it's the DJ's lights, and I've last year was playing a lot around with uh, just using natural light. So I use a little bit of flash in the evening, but then shooting with using the DJ's lights so okay. I can make some interesting photos. Um, yeah, it's, it's the same throughout the day. Whether it's uh, Granny having a little tear to herself, I'm mm. kind of looking for those little moments where it's a it's a really nice image of, but it could be gone in a second. But you kind of, Mm. often you're looking for light and then you find someone in that bit of light later. Um, Yes. So I guess Uh interesting compositions, which whether it's holding hands or, and it's not me telling them to hold hands. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, with like, I guess with couple shoot, I'm always kind of, again, just getting them to walk around and and trying to make it as natural as possible. So um, I always say to them, okay, just walk the way you normally walk. So if you have your arm around her, then put your arm around her. If you hold hands, hold hands. Like, do what you would normally do, rather than me making them run around.
1: So, yeah, yeah, because that, that that that's quite um, that's quite obvious, I think in your in your Instagram. Um, if people if people check you on Instagram, you you do you're always shooting people. Uh, most of the time, there's one or two um, table decoration shots and stuff, um, which are quite cool. But uh, for the most part, it is people, it's people and moments like that. Um. So it's actually, it's, in regards to that, I I feel like I could be on your Instagram for a little while. Yeah. You know, whereas things that maybe don't have that emotional aspect would keep keep my attention for just a little bit shorter.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess um, Instagram, I always want, because I'll sometimes do, you know, a series of 10 images, but uh-huh. I always want the first one to be the most, like, grabbing image, normally, of the yeah. people. Because I guess I'm looking at, I want, future couples to imagine themselves in that photo but then i think it's also really important that they see candid photos of guests because it can't just be all pretty photos of you know it's got to be a family and friends and details like all those little things i want them to see that but i think the initial image the, the first one will be a bit more grabbing if that makes sense
1: yeah there's an image here that i love it's uh of a couple on a on a boat
0: that's actually in the Lost... That's Lost Orange. That post is about uh, a retreat that me and some friends are running next year or end of the year. Oh, PM, yes. But uh-huh. probably won't happen due to... Well, it might happen. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but that uh, that location is Lost Orangery in Chippenham.
1: Yeah, it's it's a cool venue. Like, it looks cool.
0: It's probably one of my favourite venues in the UK. I loved it. It was such a good
1: wedding. Yeah. But yeah, how how do you get the couples to, to row naturally?
0: Well, weirdly she's a rower, which was so funny. Oh really? I didn't I, oh, what I didn't know it before the wedding and then because that like that place is there's a lot of photos of people in that boat. So yeah. kind of like a classic photo. But again I was like, you know, they had a wee kiss and whatever but when we were going down she's like, oh, I'm actually like grew up rowing. It's like, Oh, awesome. So she rode rather than the guy Tom.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh because um you know, it's actually really funny because rowing although People maybe think rowing's fairly easy. It's actually not that easy. And um, we shot a wedding um, where there was a rowboat to get to the ceremony and it was the father rowing. Oh, okay. But could he get in a straight line? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. He was all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Need a bit of practice for that. You do need a little bit of practice. Um, like- you also need a little bit of practice stepping in and out of the boat. Yeah, yeah. You know, when things are rocking about, you're you're in that moment thinking, "Oh, is this a good idea for them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just before the ceremony for them to be doing this."
2: You're like, "Why is everything delayed?" Oh, <laughs> uh, went the dad.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it actually worked out alright cuz it gave you time to get some drone footage of him rowing across the wee short stretch.
1: It, yes, it did. Yeah.
2: Really? yeah. So yeah, you mentioned cool. you mentioned a little bit about sort of having two camera bodies and obviously the equipment's not that important, but what, what is in your camera bag? Uh, shoot on Canon Mark IVs, before. And then I've got, uh, all fixed lenses. So I've a 50, 1.2, 85,
0: 1.4, 35, 1.4, and then I have a 135, 2.0. Uh, I don't use that one that much though, but I love, yeah. I love the 50 and the 85. Yeah. Uh, I nearly sold my 51 points. I stopped using it and then, I remember using it again at, like, sunset, and I was like, this is amazing. And so now I'm yeah. so glad I didn't get rid of it.
1: Talking focal lengths, then, is there any moments that use a particular focal length? Is there, like, the drunk reception, do do you, do you go for more of the longer lens, or, like, wh- like what's your thoughts on each lens for each part of the day?
0: Yeah, good question. Uh, probably in the morning I'd use thirty-five fifty. I like the thirty five, I think it's quite nice for getting wide you get a few people in a frame. Yeah. Um and then yeah, I guess like ceremony I shoot with the eighty-five and then thirty-five. So mm-hmm. I find the eighty five is quite a nice compression and it looks nice when she's walking down the aisle. Can I get it's just getting uh-huh. a contrast of two, so thirty five big and wide from the back, and then like from her walking down. Mm-hmm. And then as she gets closer Obviously, the 85 is a bit too close, so then the 35 works quite nicely.
1: And what's your approach during your ceremony then? Are you, are you walking about? Are you, are you moving about quite a lot, or do you feel like you want to hang back a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on where the ceremony is, because obviously you've got churches can be a little bit more difficult, depending on mm-hmm. the minister. But I generally move around a little bit. You know, I, I generally up the front, uh, and then... I'll kind of circle around a little bit. I kind of want to make sure that I get every different angle. And then it's kind of funny. You have like a, a system in your head, Like, right? Okay, get this shot. So even like with exchanging rings, I'm like, okay, I get one shot here. And then as they get the other ring out, getting it ready, I'll jump to the front so that I can get a nice shot from there. So I get two different Nine. angles. But yeah, but again, I try to not move around too much in terms of like, I won't stay in one position for too long. So I never want to block a guest's view. Yeah. So I'll hang back a little bit and then move when it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in the evening, uh couple shoot I use most of the time and I just use the fifty. A little bit of thirty five, but fifty is my favourite. And then yeah. in the evening, thirty five, eighty five. 85. I, and you said drink deception as well. I'd go for normally thirty five, again, it's quite good for getting guest reactions. And so I'll generally yeah. i hover around feel a bit creepy sometimes i'm like listening to people's conversations <laughs> kind of not looking at them and then if i hear when i'm telling a joke i kind of time it right to kind of jump in take a photo and then leave yeah
1: yeah you know it's so funny the idea of being a creeper a <laughs> wedding. you are kind of you do i always laugh at this as well because every now and then i'll point over to a bush what's over there and it'll be just greg emerging <laughs> from this tree <laughs> or a bush I'm like you're yeah, right it is we're so it's such a weird craft that we have to master is like being stealthy enough to capture something artistically but then when uh, not having yeah not 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 being not being affected by people people's judgment as we jack in the box out on a conversation
2: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so tell us tell us a bit more about this is it tavola retreat that you've been planning? Yeah, yeah. So originally,
0: well, we're still working out like the final plans um, just due to coronavirus. We we're actually yeah. going to release the full details the weekend all kicked off. And oh. obviously, the retreat is oh, in Italy, so that was at the time was the worst affected place. So it's uh, it was bad timing. But depending on the next few months, we might still run like a mini tavola. It's basically a retreat. Um, for photographers for photographers who kind of want to get into destination weddings a bit more like yeah it'll be like live shoots and uh, we all work with a lot of wedding planners so we'd be having a nice styled table good dinner so it'd be like a three day retreat Um, and I guess aimed at photographers who want to kind of push their market a little bit to I guess luxury weddings in some ways Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah it's meant to be in October but We're not sure if it will happen quite
2: yet. So we're just waiting that one out, but we're planning on releasing some details soon. Mm -hmm. Who else is involved in this sort of planning stage? I know, is the Currys part of this? Yeah, the Currys, Chris and Jill, Uh, Benjamin Wheeler, he's based in London,
0: and then a guy called Ben Higgins, who's based in Bristol now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is the five of us, and it's called Tavala. So the concept is, uh, that stands for table, the concept is uh, gathering around the table and, and sharing, you know, things that we've learned over the years and yeah, we all shoot destination weddings a lot. So, uh, it's one of those things we've just naturally become friends over the years. And yeah, we've talked about it for a while and then decided that we should give it a go. Um, so we had a whole timeline all planned out, but we're kind of stripping it all back a little bit for the time being. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that was going to be in, in Kulia in the
1: south of italy with jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives whether you provide a service like design development or photography or offer advice to clients with jack is for you it's focused on creatives insurance shouldn't be complicated so with jack has made every step easy you'll deal with one form and talk to one jack as you sign up get covered, and move on with your day. With Jack, it's all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff. It means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye-bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative, friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. But let's talk about post-processing then so you shot a wedding then what
0: um <clears throat> generally i call the wedding first so like even if i've got a backlog of weddings i'll call the wedding that i just shot first mm-hmm. i think it's a, the best way to kind of it's fresh in your mind you can kind of remember the wedding whereas like three weeks later you go to call it and you're like I. Oh, you kind of forget little bits of the day uh-huh. um and often like for me i'm probably traveling so i <laughs> Generally, the next day when I get on the plane, I've backed it up and I've got cards in various different bags because don't want to lose them. Uh, and then I'll cull it on the plane by the time I get home, then back it up again. Um, but yeah, I'll cull it first and then I'll edit a few photos from the day. I always want to give the couple, I guess, 10 to 30 images, just sometime within that first week. Uh-huh. Just so I can, And I try to pick photos from each part of the day just so they can see, oh, there's me getting ready. Oh, there's my friends having fun. There's a few photos of us. Here's some from the ceremony so that they can kind of mm-hmm. get a short snippet of their day. Yeah. 30 images. But it's also, yeah. like, I guess, I I used to do it the next day. I've tried to do it within the week. But it's also, you know, you see couples who put their photos up and it's someone's crappy phone photo of them running through confetti. And ideally, I want that to be my photo because uh, mm-hmm. you know they might not they might not get their photos back for eight weeks, and there might have been a lot of people at that wedding who are getting married so obviously it's it's nice for the couple to get them because they get to kind of see the day, but it's also quite a good marketing tool if
2: that makes sense mm. yeah it's not like it's not like the marketing's the main driver for doing that. It's obviously for that couple. But it's like a really good bonus that comes from it. Yeah, totally.
0: And it's amazing. I think the couple like they've just had a you know big wedding day, and then they're excited, and they're on honeymoon, and then a few days later they're like, oh, there's our photos. Like just you know ten images, twenty images. Uh, I think it helps keep them excited, and yeah. And then I'll I'd normally say well I was saying four to six weeks, probably say six to eight weeks now, and then I think it's nice if you if you say six to eight weeks then you get it within five weeks. It's nice to kind of deliver a little bit early. Um, yes. And yeah, from the final delivery of images, I make a slideshow with smart slides. Um, and it's just, I know some people take, I, I take probably 300, 300 images, chuck it into a slideshow. And that's the first thing they will see when they open their online gallery. And I kind of say in my email, if you want to, grab a glass of wine, have a little watch and uh, I think it's just a good little touch. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, so I upload all my photos to PickTime. I I changed to PickTime last year and it's been a game changer in terms of uh, selling prints and albums. It's been amazing. It's a good system. Yeah, it's worked really well. Uh, Mm. And then I have like a, I'll send them some photos. I have a, my friend, who's a, like a leather craftsman, he makes a, a 9 by 6 leather pouch, which I put 10 foot was in there. And currently I'm still doing nice. USB sticks, but I don't like doing them. <laughs> oh, you don't like doing them? <laughs> the USB sticks, yeah. just takes time, but oh, it right, right, yeah. takes a bit of time <laughs> trying to get them all on there. But I think in terms of couples, I want that's why I have the leather pouch. I don't want to just give them something that's online because I feel like yeah. they've spent a lot of money I, like the you know when something comes in the post, you know, a gift, a present when it's your birthday, you're like, "Oh, awesome, this feels great." Mm. It's nice to like to receive something physical. Obviously, I still get the online
1: gallery, but yeah, so that's kind of my workflow from uh after the wedding. Uh, in terms of your coloring, do you have any presets that you use or like what what kind of vibe do you go for for your colouring?
0: I get yeah, interesting. like I obviously like over the years I've developed different presets, I've played around with You know, I bought different presets back in the day and I've stuck with mine now for like the last three years. Every so often it gets tweaked a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say mine are like super bright and colourful, but I wouldn't say they're equally like really dark, if that makes sense. Mm. Obviously, I'm I'm somewhere in between. Not too bright and airy, but not too dark. Probably leaning a little Mm -hmm. bit more to the darker side, I guess. But I've, yeah, I I saw there was a phase where everyone was, Maybe some people still do it, but the desaturated greens. And I probably went through that phase as well. Uh, mm. Whereas I quite like greens at the moment. And I don't want to lose the colour of it. So I'd say mm. my, my image is still. I want it to re- reflect, I guess, a, a natural fossil. Um, if it's a blue sky, yeah. I want it to be blue. But I probably wouldn't like, say, like a green like a tree. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be like a. I'm trying to explain how to. It would still look like a nice green. wouldn't be too saturated, uh-huh. but it also wouldn't be too bright. So kind of finding yeah. a good medium between them.
1: Yeah, I think you achieved that, actually. Uh, again, I'm, I'm browsing through your Instagram. Uh, y- there is there is a warmth to your, to your images, which I quite enjoy. I don't know whether that is just the Tuscan light in some of these images, or the Indian light, or...
0: For example, I was shooting it there. In the <laughs> uh, but then occasionally you'll find that you... You take a photo and it's a bit darker and it works as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just, yeah, I think I've found my, like, happy place within uh, not being too dark and not too bright.
1: Yeah. When you're forced to shoot inside, w- w- what's your approach? In terms of in a couple shoot or? I mean, there's there's one or two. There's not that many. Um, you've got a fireplace one, which I think is probably has the, the least amount of... Of light, so you've sat next to a, a, a lamp, um, and you've used the what is a wonderful fire, uh, mantle.
0: That was actually at like 11 o'clock as I was leaving, so probably oh, wow. that on like 4000 ISO. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was her like evening dress, and so she wanted a quick few photos, and it's like, all right, pop you over here. And actually, I quite enjoyed there's quite some nice images from that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it depends, like. Depending on the day, I like it. I, I I don't mind shooting inside if it's you know using a bit of window light or to mm. make a bit of an interesting photo.
1: A couple of lines down, you've got a couple placed in front of a window, which is obviously inside, but you're using that huge window that has natural light. So, which is why I was asking about the fireplace because obviously it is nighttime. There is no daylight at all. It's all lamp light. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I think cool. you can find like there's one a bit further down which. If it's a nice setting in like a nice room if you can, uh, especially if you're like, I quite like shooting in uh where the reception is sometimes just to kind of uh-huh. capture the couple because within the reception room, so I've got one there which is in a barn and the beautiful style tables, just getting the couple in there like that's their room that mm. they styled and then they're in it. I think it's quite nice mm. to incorporate the setting into your photos, yeah. yeah. And that's something I always try to do with whether you're, you know, if you're shooting in Scotland, okay, how can I capture the landscapes? If I'm shooting in a castle, how can I involve the castle? If I'm shooting in a barn, how can I incorporate that into this image? Whether it's with a couple shoot or the group photos, uh, but they've picked that location, that venue for a reason. So I want it to mm-hmm. look like that they were there. I heard of someone who, a photographer took them to a random place, which was completely not part of their wedding. <laughs> they were like, so I think it's, yeah, trying to incorporate uh, the venue and the surroundings is important.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've, had a, we've had one or two photographers, um, in fact, if, like on, on, the, on the podcast, speak about that. They were talking about, um, oh, they asked us, what, what would you do in this situation? It would be, um, you know, you've got nice light over here or on the other side you've got their, their landscape and, and stuff. And um, he always said, go with the couple. So they've picked that location for a reason, whether it means something to them or something. Um, oh, obviously, if you can capture the nice light, because it's always, you know, I think light says a lot in an image. But where they are, like you said, is, it can, is really important to a couple. So um, he, he, who was it? I'm trying to remember. I think it was Neil Thomas Douglas.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Because like, um, like that, that.
0: that photo you talked about where they're in the boat, like just before that, we've been up on a field for a few minutes, and it just looks like a field. It's like great, but for me, that photo of them—that's their venue. That's where they chose to get married. Yeah. And they yeah. like, for them, they're looking at that going, Ah, oh, that was awesome. Like, yeah, we went to field, nice yeah. photos, but that one for me is like that was their wedding there.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It's cool. I, I, I actually, anyone with a boat kind of stands out to me for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, I suppose it's not the most common scene to see a boat at a wedding. Yeah, it's um, quite fun. Uh, right, so so you've 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 exported all your all your files. You've given it over to the client on their USB. How do you then store all your media? Are you cloud based or do you have like a t- a stack of hard drives? And how important is it that you store y- your photographs?
0: Oh, it's really important. <laughs> We've all gone through experiences, Ruby. Really. I've never lost photos, thankfully, uh, but I've had a few close calls, and so now I have various different systems that. Uh, I do have a lot of hard drives, but I've also got, like, uh-huh. uh, at home, like, a bigger hard drive. I'm really rubbish with technical yeah. forms of all these, but I've, Oh, that's fine. But my system seemed to work. Uh, but I'd never, you know, I, I keep the images on the uh, on the camera cards first, and I won't delete them until I've delivered the final
1: images. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, so you must have a stack of cards
0: loads then. of cards, yeah. How yeah. I have on my cameras... Is, you know, double slot, uh, dual cards. So uh-huh. one of those I'll keep safe, and then once I've like uploaded them to the final gallery and put them on the USB sticks, then I can delete them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have lots of hard drives and at home hard
1: drives. It's always, I mean, I, I get it. Storing images and backing up is not exciting, <laughs> yeah. but it is absolutely a crucial part of this business. So, people, if you're out there, please. Please find a system that works um, for you and your workflow, and um, spend money on a good backup system. Please.
0: Yeah, it's totally worth it. Imagine like to, the thought of losing someone's photos would be terrible.
1: I can't even imagine. Like honestly, uh, it's not even about the had- money.
0: It's about like just their day, and you've captured it, and oh, I know. It'd be awful.
1: Yeah, I mean, even us would like we might not keep rock Well do we keep Greg do we keep raw footage now
2: yeah we, we say yeah. in the contract that we keep the raw footage for a year but really we're not actually formatting the hard drives no but we don't guarantee to keep it for any longer and it's all yeah. in the cloud as well so it yeah. should be safer oh. in the cloud
1: but and obviously because we do you know uh, like uh, my camera the Canon 1DX shoots uh, shoots uh, 4K But the file, the file compression is ridiculously bad, so the file sizes are massive. So we're, you know, we're talking six hundred gigabytes per wedding, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, So you know, even if you're doing video out there, um, it's it's recommended to to back up your stuff.
0: I think it's also great that you guys have communicated with your couples that you'll store it for so long. I I decided that last year because I, Mm. you know, like I love you know once. You book your couples in and then you shoot the wedding. And I kinda like when it's all done because I don't like having the pressure of afterwards. Like they've they've got their photos, they're happy. And then I'm like, okay, I want to kind of remove myself a little bit. Obviously Mm -hmm. still friendly, but I the thought of them coming around three years later and saying, Do you have photos? And I still have the responsibility. So I try to put the responsibility back onto them saying Yeah. Yeah,
2: your gallery will expire after a year make sure you back the photos up, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Have you implemented the new pick time sales thing for the online sort of hosting? Uh, I've not done
0: that. I need to look more into it because I have done that for, before the pick time I did introduce that. I started saying to couples, if you want to pay for an extra year, then it's, you know, a small amount. Um, yeah. Look more into what pick time offers with that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite good that they're, they're constantly bringing out new products that, help with just streamlining these sort of things. Because so I think a lot of people were already doing that sort of system. But the fact that it's now built into yeah. if you are already using pick time is really pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: mm. good. Yeah, Pick Time is actually great. So for the people out there who know us for doing video obviously. Um, and they're thinking, hmm, Pick Time, I thought that was just for photographers. You wanna quickly run through our setup for Pick Time?
2: Really, I switched to it just because like they're really nice people that run it. We Obviously, we met yeah. them at way up north. Mm-hmm. They're really nice people. The system sounded good, and I looked into it. as like, can I make this work for a video? Obviously, the, the back end of it is all set up for selling prints and stuff, which we mm. can't do because it's videos that we have. But you can add your own products. So you can add in things like an extra edit. So it's easy for them to just use the shop to let you know That they want another edit rather than back and forward with emails, Um, Um, and yeah, it's just a clean way of delivering it. It just looks nice and clean. So yeah, that's the main reason why we use it.
1: If you are a filmmaker out there and you're, you know, maybe you're fed up with MediaZilla or you're using, you know, maybe you're just handing Vimeo videos over, um, have a have a look at BigTime, because like we said, we use it and uh, we think it's absolutely fantastic.
2: Yeah,
1: Colin. Let's get on to the fact that you are a rangefinder 30 Rising Star <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> of
2: 2019,
1: 2019. Of 2019.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. But to be fair, 2020 no longer exists, so you
0: know. I hold it for years.
1: Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, h- how did you feel when you when you got that?
0: Yeah, I was pretty stoked. Uh, it's something I guess I've kind of worked towards the last couple of years. I got nominated the year before and I didn't win, so I was a little bit like, oh, that sucks, but they had asked me if I would apply again next year, which was quite a surprise, because normally it's someone another photographer who will recommend you. So mm-hmm. they had told me, oh, we love your photos, but we don't think you're quite ready for it yet. Please apply next year, uh, in May. Yeah. And I totally forgot about it, which is terrible. And it was only in July, I was like, oh, crap. I think I was meant to email them and send photos. And then I looked at the inbox, and it's was like, I was meant to do it in May, so I emailed them and they're like, "Yeah, you've got a week." I was like, oh, "Great!" So I like, got back from a wedding and then, which is quite nice because I think the, the year before I'd like picked out so many photos, went over them for like a month, trying to pick out which ones I wanted and kind of re-editing and asking friends, and then because I only had a week, I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna pick my favorite 30 photos," um, and they'd given me they reviewed it the year before and they'd picked out a few images that they'd really liked. And so I'd kind of looked at those and thought, some of those I really like, some... So one of them was like, I don't know about that one, so I'm going to chuck it. Uh, but I had to make the process a lot quicker, which was quite helpful. Yeah. Uh, and so just made it in time, which is great. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. I it was meant I
1: to be.
2: that I'd won it, and was, uh, yeah, I was pretty excited about that.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
2: Yeah. So you mentioned that it's something you've been sort of working towards for a few years, do you mean you'd been sort of striving to get an award or just generally getting the recognition?
0: Yeah, I think more for myself, Just I could do it every year where I think, okay, what part of the wedding day do I want to improve on? So it wasn't necessarily to win an award, but I, was, I also recognised Rangefinder is kind of the top award in the industry. And so, of course, yep. it's amazing to be on it and feel like I've yeah worked... Hard in terms of not necessarily for recognition, but just in my own photography and my own business, I've worked really hard the last couple of years. And so, like, sometimes I'll look at, like, okay, this year I want to improve in the morning. How can I, how can I take better images? um, Or the dance floor, how can I improve in that? Or how do I improve on capturing moments? So, I'd kind of focus every year going, okay, I want to, I feel like I want to get better in, uh, Reception. So, I put a little bit more energy into it and more ideas and kind of, yeah. So, I think that was in some ways kind of working towards Range was looking at, yeah, how I can improve as a photographer.
2: Yeah. Striving for that sort of constant growth and not getting complacent anytime.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, it doesn't stop now. Like, I'm still like, okay,
2: what can I do next year? Which, yeah, to work out which part of that I need to work on. Do you feel having won an award? Do you feel that that's helped with your bookings? Um, I've had a few inquiries through it, but I,
0: if I'm honest, I think it's more of a, an industry award. Like, yeah. you know, for a couple, you could have a rangefinder, or you could have some of that award that no one knows of, but to the couple, it's an award. Um, and so, you know, depending on the couple and with their knowledge of the photography industry, I don't think it matters that much. Um, but I think it, it definitely gives you more recogniz- recognition within the wedding industry.
2: Yeah. So where, where do you find that you're getting most of your couples? Is it social media? Is it your blog? Yeah, social media
0: for sure. It's probably my biggest one. Instagram's quite good for me because on my inquiry form, I've always got a lot of us do, but I have a part where it asks where do you find me? And that's always a, a question within the industry as whether you should have prices on your website. And I've, I've always looked at it as the more information I can get out of a couple, even if they don't book me, it's helpful for me. So just mm-hmm. knowing that they find me on Instagram, I'm going, okay, that's where I'm getting a lot of my leads. Okay, I'm not getting much to Google, so I probably need to work a little bit more on my SEO. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So I think it's like it's important information, where they book you or not. Uh, and so yeah, Instagram is probably the, my biggest one. Where they've followed me for a few years or they've found me through a hashtag or, you know, that's it's why it's so important getting uh, venues and all the vendors that were involved, if they reshare your photo, suddenly you've kind of opened up to, you know, a few more brides who might have a quick look and they might book you. And then I guess repeat, cast- like couples from uh, weddings that I've shot at. And that's why I think, again, if you can be really professional from start to end and deliver an awesome service that, they'll 100% recommend you to their friends.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I always think there's no bigger compliment than that, to be honest. Yeah, totally. Because they would have seen your photographs and the couple would have been saying good things about you. So it's, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. So uh, obviously we're all kind of tied down to our homes at the moment. And then obviously we're, we're going to start wrapping up the podcast. But I've got to ask, how, how, how are you keeping your creative juices going? like i i know you mentioned you're not doing a lot of focus on your work, but is there are you still taking photographs around your house are you doing self portraits you doing anything else that's
0: yeah good creative good question uh I've dabbled with lots of stuff recently um mm-hmm. by I, I read I had a calendar so every I've got like a little tick sheet and every day I have like on there like one's workout one's go for a run one is do something business. One is read, and so I kind of tick through and go, ah, oh, okay, I completed that, and then look at that and go, ah, oh, I didn't read yesterday, so let's make sure I read. And then also doing sort kind of uh, masterclass. They're quite, oh yeah, they're quite good with their uh, sponsored ads. Mm-hmm. I got sucked in.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, so what have you got? Uh, which masterclasses though?
0: So there's a, you, you can buy the package, and it varies from interior design to photography to cooking classes so you'll be like cooking with Jordan uh, Gordon Ramsay, not Jordan Ramsey <laughs> 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 uh, and so you can like take an hour class and then learn a new skill so I've done that a little bit um, I actually dabbled in video a little bit uh, Ooh. my housemate makes we're made, we both love coffee so i video and making coffee which quite enjoyed that actually just snipping together little clips and then putting some music to it and yeah and, uh, it takes a lot of work, though, eh? I don't think I could do that for a full wedding.
1: Yeah, it can it can get very intense. Yeah, is there anywhere we can check that out online? Is it on your Facebook? Is it uh, on your Instagram?
0: I could post it on my Instagram, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't have to, but I'd be interested to see what it, what, what, what you came up with. All
0: right, I'll 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 pop it on there one day, if I can still find it. It's on my computer somewhere. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, actually a bunch of photographers that I'm in a group with, we've all been every day one of us posts an image like the raw file and so we're all just kind of playing around editing different people's photos it's quite mm-hmm. interesting seeing how they edit um yeah and I started awesome. off by taking photos every day but that's slowly got less um <laughs> but yeah so trying to be as um, some way doing something creative I think it's important um,
1: I've got one last question on terms of the COVID but you do not have to answer this if you if you, if you don't want to how, how are you keeping your cash flow going uh
0: Good question. Some couples, I went down the approach of doing 50-50. So 40% mm-hmm. of the original due date and then 50% uh, a month for their new date, which kind of helps a little bit to keep some money going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I actually a couple, because I was meant to shoot weddings you know, back in March as well. So I had two couples who'd paid full balances and they were just like, I'll just keep it, it's fine with We'll move it to the new date. So yeah, it's been a it's been a bit of a in trying to juggle around dates and trying to keep everyone happy. Uh, yeah, probably lost like two weddings, but a lot of them I've managed to move around, and yep. a couple of them I've got associate photographers that are helping me out, which is great. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you have an uh, do you have an approach for for? I don't want to say dealing with uh, clients who are who are postponing, but um, I know. I think everyone's approach is slightly different. Hmm. You know, people ask for their deposit back or, you know, moving dates or are you encouraging people to check with you to see what dates you're available or.
0: Yeah. Thankfully I've, I've, I'm in conversation with all my couples. Yeah. Uh, I contacted all of them up until August, but then I'd also kind of put something out saying, if you're not heard from me, if you want to get in touch, like I think it was through Instagram. So if few people got in touch with there as well. Um, um. So, yeah, I guess a lot of people have, especially August weddings, have back dates. So I've kind of yep. said I can hold them for the time being, but if anyone inquires, I'll let you know. Yeah. It's a bit awkward because I just had the day where two couples had back dates that landed on the same day. So basically, the uh, first one to postpone gets the wedding date. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This isn't an easy conversation. I think people are yeah. really understanding, though. Like, it's not... a. Normal thing, and you're trying your best to move dates. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm trying to encourage couples to get married on a weekday or outside of crazy summer season, (laughs) yeah. So, I've if it's from May to September, I've asked for an additional charge, which isn't that's purely because my price has gone up over the last year, so I'm not charging a full amount, so I'm trying to meet them in the middle. So like, for example, in I had a, a, a couple that I booked in 2018 and I've now moved it to 2021. The price is very wow. different. So <laughs> Can I'm like, I imagine, yeah. And they've picked a prime date mm-hmm. in July. So within a week I'd booked three. Well, i would moved three weddings to July. I might got yeah. like two weekends. So it's a, it's a bit of an awkward conversation, but I'm trying to show that I'm meeting them in the middle. So I'm not charging the full new rate. Uh-huh. just a little yeah, no, extra and amazingly all my couples have been like yep it's totally fine they've been really good with it mm-hmm. no one's uh, had a problem with it I even got one couple saying oh if you
2: postpone how much
0: extra is it it's like oh awesome yes <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. I think <laughs> most
2: couples are being understanding at this sort of time they're like nobody knows what they're doing everybody understands that people are going to need some money at certain times to keep going and they want their photographer to still be in business yeah. when it comes to next year. So yeah, everybody's been pretty understanding, I think. Mm. And everyone's trying their best to accommodate everyone.
0: Uh, yeah. So yeah, thankfully everyone's been pretty kind so far. Yeah. Hopefully it stays that way.
1: Yeah. So one question we do like to ask uh, in just wrapping up there is, um, and we've already spoken to this uh, a little bit, but do you have any further book recommendations Um something that you've read recently or that you maybe even read a while ago that's maybe sticking with you a little bit or it's more thought-provoking?
0: Oh, what was the book I read recently? It's with the chili peppers. Uh, scar Tissue? Actually, uh, it depends on what you like to listen to, but <laughs> it's actually quite a full-on book. It's all about drugs. <laughs> okay. Well, it's just a life story, This so it's quite fun. Um, is, that, it, is that Anthony Keats from the Chilies? yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a good book. I enjoyed it. It's quite a long read, but but that's me reading two books two books since lockdown. I don't read that often. Um, mm. It's something I'm trying to get better at.
1: And uh, another question that we like to ask is: Would you rec- Who would you recommend that we speak to next?
0: Oh, great question! Just thinking of all, all my friends.
1: I, <laughs> already,
2: I think you've already chatted to Gillian, right?
1: We have indeed, Chris and Jillian.
2: Yeah. She, w- she was on as the Wedding Collective. We've not spoke to them and as cool. the Curries. As the Curries. Yeah, Park. it's true. He's got good band,
0: so it's quite fun. Yeah. Uh, mm. But actually, I'd say Benjamin Wheeler. I don't know if you've heard of him. He- yep. Yeah. He some nice photos. And Actually, someone has got on, Claire Fleck. Oh, Claire, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know Claire. Cool. So, me and Claire, we first started shooting together years ago. Like, we'd second mm. shoot each other and we'd- uh, kind of got started together, just fun. But she's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, good fun.
1: That's cool. Is is Claire Edinburgh based? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Ah, very good. Yeah, all right. So we'll put her on the list then.
0: Couple of names for you.
1: <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for for taking the time. Um, do you want to tell people out there where they can find you on the socials?
0: Yep. It's. uh, Colin Ian Ross, which is my Instagram. Some people get mixed up with one of the mums, was calling me Colin Ian. <laughs> 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 <like> that, Colin. <laughs> yes. And then my website is the same ColinIanRoss.com. Awesome.
1: So, uh, yeah, if you're out there, guys, definitely uh, follow them. And uh, yeah, if you want to grab a coffee with him at some point, just uh, Instagram him as well.
2: (laughs) Yeah, let me know. (laughs) Yeah, thanks again for coming on. It's been good chatting. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so thank you very much, Colin, for uh, giving us two hours of your time today on such a beautiful day. Greg, where can people find us?
2: You can find us at Cinemate Films on Instagram, Facebook everywhere and the website cinemate films
1: yeah and if you want to ask us any questions about the podcast or just want to get in touch feel free to do so on our instagram or well any method really we're keeping an eye out on all of our dms we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode goes online please leave a review that is a massive help in order for us to grow this podcast and if you don't want to do that totally fine pick a friend and shout us out to them however until next time enjoy your life